Welcome to another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is September 25th, 2020. By now, most of you have heard the news about the Breonna Taylor case. Police officers were pretty much acquitted, all of them. I think one, based on what I'm understanding, one was actually charged with endangerment because some of his bullets apparently went into the apartment unit of another individual. So that's how he got his charges. But in regards to the murder of Brianna Taylor herself, there were no charges. There was no wrongdoing on the police officer's behalf by the grand jury. Um, okay, this, this, is a, this is a tough one. This is probably one of my pet peeves when it comes to black America because it's a, it's a touchy subject. And I guess different people see things differently. I believe without a doubt that this was a botched police raid. I believe without a doubt that there was an attempt to cover up the police, the, to, to basically put it eloquently, they're fucked up. They fucked up bad in this situation. Um, based on, you know, even like reading information beforehand, getting other people's opinions. Also, I saw the documentary about the case, about her life on Hulu. And even watching that, I felt that there were things that the documentary touched on, but it didn't dwell on. And first of all, like I've explained to people before, I am a clinician. I'm a behavior consultant. Two things that I always ask my clients when I come in is, first of all, why am I here? Meaning that, yes, I get the referral. I accept the referral. I know what was written on their behalf by an assessor. But I want in that individual's own words to tell me exactly what it is they're seeking. Like a person might say, I have a diagnosis of depression. My responsibility from that point is to help them work through the depression in regards to moving forward with their lives. But Moving forward with your life can be different from multiple individuals. So when I ask that person, hey, you want to move forward with your life and you've been diagnosed with depression, what does that mean? You just want to get up in the mornings? You want to go to work? 
you want to go to school, you want to go back to school, you want to be active around your family. I mean, what does that look like? So I'll know exactly what we're trying to accomplish with your diagnosis of depression. The second thing that I always want to know is how did we get here in the first place? What's the origin of your situation? Were you always like this? Let's say I'm dealing with a client that's 25, 30, 40, 40 years old on, on up. When did you, when did this start? When did you all of a sudden lose your desire, your drive to move forward with your life? Okay, I say all of this because even with the Brianna Taylor situation, there's an origin. And see, a lot of people don't like to dive into this aspect. But, and, and it's funny, the Hulu documentary, they touched briefly on it. And that was the drug dealing ex-boyfriend. I never knew the history until I watched the documentary, how far back she knew this individual. I just really thought it was somebody that she met in passing. He might have asked her a favor and pretty much, you know, can you get something dropped off at my place? She then pretty much realized what it was and then probably nipped it in the bud. But if you look at some of the statements made, some of the affidavits that was signed, they had, a, they had an extensive relationship. You know, I'm not going to say whether or not it was love or it was magical for her, but without a doubt, there was an extensive relationship that ex extended between three to five years and you know, I'm, you know, it's speculation, but I mean, without a doubt, she knew what he was. She knew what he was doing. Then, you know, there's the idea of he having packages sent to her place, which also you got to say in regards to the origin part where there's the, how did her name, how did her address show up on the whiteboard with the Louisville Police Department? See, all of that plays a part. Yes, I mean, without a doubt, we might be involved with people and we have not an idea what that person might be doing behind our backs. But in this situation, it was not like that. In this situation, she knew she knew what she was dealing with. I believe that she was getting out of it because they even played a phone call that she and the individual had, I think it said back in January, where he was um, being released. And you can, I mean, because of course, when you call from prison, it's, it's recorded. You could tell in her 
tone of voice that, you know, this, this was bearing a lot of weight on her. And she knew that to move forward with her life, she got to let this go. And it gave the inclination that this is what she did. However, by then, she was on the police radar. Because even when you read articles, look at the documentary. If you look at the addresses and the map of the address addresses, and you look at where she lived at versus where the other, I think it was like five total different addresses. I mean, four of them were like clumped together, almost on the same street. And then hers is like almost cross town. So, I mean, even, even for them to put her on that radar. And so you got to understand they were doing surveillance. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised there were wiretaps in her place. She probably was being um, under surveillance. He definitely was. And even the night that the raid took place, people, you know, people want to say, well, the boyfriend, the drug dealer boyfriend was, or excuse me, the drug dealing ex-boyfriend was arrested. And then all of a sudden, the raid on Miss Brianna's place took place. It's no doubt. They brought the boyfriend in, the ex-boyfriend in, because they had something on them. And he pretty much gave them the idea, the concept that, hey, this is here or this is there. Because if he would have said, hey, no, no, she's out of it. She don't have nothing to do with it. it you know, I'm not going to say they wouldn't have. But I just think that it would have been different. That, that police department went in there with the idea that they were going to find something. And to have what was considered to be a no-knock warrant. I mean, that's, that's almost like getting it signed. That's almost like you have this belief that 100% you know for sure what you're going after is there. And see, what this, this is something that people don't understand. When a police department says we have this lead about this situation let's say a, it's a drug bust they go it's almost like doing a, a business proposition a business proposal powerpoint the whiteboard whole nine yards it's, it's the same thing as you making a proposition for at your company hey we we want more toilet paper in the men's room you know, you do a presentation and you say, okay, we need the budget to increase, get a certain amount of slots, it's going to benefit the company in this manner, boom, it's approved. It's the same thing. They went and requested funding. This funding was man hours, surveillance, all the other special equipment. 
that was going to be needed. But you have to understand, they had guaranteed that police department that if you give me these funds, I will guarantee to you a certain amount of return. I mean, I don't know what the ratio is, but let's just say for $1 million added to our budget, we're going to just get you a ton of drugs. And whatever that number was, the police department was like, it's justified. So then there's plans. They, they show where they were getting police officers from everywhere. A lot of these guys didn't even know each other. A lot of these guys never worked with each other. All they knew is that there's an address. We suiting up. They told us to run point, run this, and we going in. That, that in itself, even, even as an ex-Marine, you didn't go on patrol with a bunch of strangers. You went on patrol with people that you knew. That's just, that's, I mean, that's common sense. But see, when you underestimate what you're going in there for, because you're just thinking, okay, this is going to be a no-knock raid. We're going to kick in the door. Everybody in the place is going to drop to the ground. And we're going to issue the search warrant. And we're going to look over the place. You know, they in the hopes that they will find what they're looking for and they're done. But see, they miss they miss one caveat. Kentucky is a gun state. And it, it was even believed that they had a no knock warranty. I say warranty, excuse me, warrant. But when they got there, something made them change their mind and actually knock at the door because the way I heard it was like the door kicks in and the boyfriend starts shooting which I mean that's that's logic somebody kicking your door in the middle of the night yeah you blasting but now what I'm gathering is that they actually knocked on the door however it was believed that the police did not identify themselves and somehow, some way, I don't know who took the first shot, but either way, there's a knock at the door. They're asking, who is it? They didn't get an answer. And then the door comes busting in. Unfortunately, Miss Brianna, she's, she's in the crossfire between the boyfriend and the police. I mean, my God, she didn't stand a chance. I mean, it's, I'm like, you know, when you think about it, you come up to your front door, somebody's knocking on your door, and you're saying, who is it? And you get closer, and you're saying, who is it? And they don't answer, and then bam, your door's knocked in. And now your man, he's standing behind you, he starts blazing. And for you know it, the police, they blazing back. And like I said, Brianna, she's right. She's 
She is smack dab in the middle. I mean, I mean, God, God damn. That's, that's, I mean, I, you, you, you even try to picture exactly what happened. You know, and of course, none of the police officers, they don't have on body cam. You know, imagine that. I mean, you know, this, this is a fuck up all the way at the top. You know, the police reports, they're filed late. They don't have proper information. Then when they finally release it, the information is fabricated, is wrong. And, you know, this, it's, it, you know, it, it was a cover up because they knew they fucked up. And then there's, there's rumors that after all this happened, they not only didn't find any drugs, it was believed that they did not even search. And that's, that's bullshit. I know good and well they searched that apartment. They searched the apartment and they did not find anything. They did not find not one single thing. So they, really, they knew they really messed up. They knew they messed up. And more than likely, the ex-drug dealing boyfriend, he probably cut a deal that once he cut that deal, it was signed off and boom. Whatever sentence or lenience he got, you know, he's gone. He's done. I mean, this, oh my God, it's like, and then nobody, nobody's held accountable. I mean, and then, you know, when you look at the grand jury, the police were covered by the warrant. They had a no-knock warrant. So it gave them permission to do exactly what they did. It's just that they weren't they weren't expecting another individual inside to have a firearm, which is, is, is hard to imagine because of Kentucky is like anything like Georgia. Shit. I mean, boo-hoo to you if you try to rob if you try to rob five homes in Georgia and you went from door to door to door breaking in. I guarantee by that fifth, I don't even think you make it to the fifth, but definitely by the fifth, you're going to get a bullet in your ass. Because Georgia is the epitome of a gun state. In the state of Georgia, the only thing we need is a license to conceal it. There are counties, there are cities in the state of Georgia where it is on the city city ordinance that is mandatory that you carry a firearm i.e. Kennesaw Georgia so you know uh, you know it's then you know you look at the family they 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 settled with a 12 million dollar lawsuit or they they settled um, I guess wrongful death so it's like 
people talk about, you know, they got the money and then also the concept of there are things that the city is going to put in place, you know, you know, I guess against, I guess along with the signing of the check by the family. But what probably is not being stated is there's probably a gag order that they can say or go but so far with this. It might even be an order that's saying if information is revealed later that they forfeit their rights to contest for more legal action. I mean, you know, I, I, it would, two things that I would like for, the, I wish they would make public is the total stipulations of that settlement. And another thing is if they can appeal to the attorney general and have him to release those, not only just the 911 tape, but the tapes of the actual recordings that took place from start to finish. Because I guarantee, though they didn't have them cameras on, that situation was recorded. Like I said, I was a radio operator in the Marine Corps. So I know that everything that we engaged in, it was recorded. And it's, you review, it's reviewed. Because it's really to cover, to cover your tracks. And this makes sure that orders were given, feedback was received, it's, it's basically just, it's basically our way of covering your ass. And it's the same thing with this police department. This was a botched raid to the highest. And when they realized what they had done, killing that woman, they tried to cover it up. Because they based their information on faulty facts. And I guarantee they based a good proportion of that information on that drug dealing ex-boyfriend. But, you know, un until you get those, get those tapes, we'll, we'll never know exactly what transpired because I guarantee the conversations started before they even knocked on the door. The conversations transpired while the shooting was going on. I mean, it's, 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 it's the, you can't even say it's sad. I mean, you, you can't say it's pathetic. It's like, you know, and, when you when you got the mayor and the governor, the mayor of Louisville, the governor, 
of Kentucky, they're declaring a state of emergency before the verdict because they already know. They already know what was going to happen. They already had the verdict. I mean, because they knew that the outcome was not going to be what the people wanted it to be. And see, that's another thing. They should release the court hearing so you will know what was said to the grand jury because it's believed that they even, that the police lied on her. Because I'm sure they tried their best to establish a continual connection, connection with Breonna Taylor. We knew that, yes, she was involved with the man, but to what people were saying, she had distanced herself, distanced herself from him. But see, they, they want to make it seem like she was aiding and abetting with him and that she was hiding large amount of drugs, large amount of cash for this person. And see, if this was said in that grand jury, so pretty much they, they lied on a dead woman. But nobody's going to find out. You know, I mean, maybe through the grace of God, it'll get, it'll get leaked. It'll get released. You know, of course, you got the protesting, you know, as of this recording, two police officers were shot. Um, to my understanding, they're both going to recover. You know, there was, you know, begging from individuals to the protesters, you know, pretty much. I even posted on my Facebook page, you know, don't do it because it's, it's a setup. It's already a setup. And the setup is as high as the White House, the Attorney General of the United States. They will use this as justification to have some type of impact, pretty much, you know, calling the National Guards, shutting down this city, because it's, it's to them, it's politics. It's not about the life of a woman. It's politics. Louisville pretty much is a Democrat state. It's a highly black populated city. I mean, I said Louisville is a state, excuse me. Louis, the city of Louisville. Kentucky is like blood red, but pretty much um, Louisville is pretty much is, is Democrat. So pretty much the, the protesters, if they let loose, they're going to play right into the hands of the president and into the attorney general. And they will use this as a part of their campaign rhetoric. And you got to, you, 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 you know, they, I mean, the protesters are gathering because they know in their heart what that grand jury is going to do. They know in their heart. There, there are lawyers that are Democrats. There are lawyers that are black that are saying, based on what we've heard, what we've gathered, they're going to be acquitted. 
And I mean, that's, that's what happened. They were acquitted. Hopefully, you know, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that we got to go through because it's like to be heard, you gotta, you gotta raise your voice. Cause that's the only way at this, in this day and age, that's the only way people listen. Hopefully, you know, it just stays under control. But anyway, I'm gonna call it, I'm gonna call it a day for now. Again, look forward to your comments. Look forward and, you know, I guess even like when I, I saw the documentary and I mean, it, it touched me. It, I mean, you know, it touched me. It bothered me, you know, being a father, thinking, you know, listening to the mother tell her story, you know, couldn't get any answers for days. You know, that's, uh, you know, oh my gosh. You know, to say, what would, what would you do? It's like, anyway, this has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am Osaze Shabazz. Please, please, please give me your comments. I'd love to hear your response. Like I said, correct me if I'm if I have given any misinformation, correct me. If I misspoke, please, I look forward to all compliments. Again, this has been a podcast. There's the system to this madness. I'm going to go shake this off. And I will talk to you later. God bless.